On this episode, we're talking with Ian Benson, an internationally recognized horseman who developed the humanship method, which helps people become mindful and respectful partners for their horses. There's such a big difference between helping someone to learn and teaching someone. So if you teach someone, the unsaid message is be like me. If you help someone to learn, you encourage people to be themselves. Welcome to the Equestrian Connection podcast from WeHorse. My name is Danielle Kroll, and I'm your host. Ian Benson's focus is a relationship between horse and human. He believes that all change comes from us as humans. This means we need to be the change we want to see in our horse. The method of humanship is all about the whole relationship between you and your horse. All the parts of each of our characters coming together to, to create the relationship as it is now. Humanship includes a comprehensive philosophy and a practical approach with everyday exercises from the ground and from the saddle. The focus of the exercises is on implementing them in everyday life with the horse and on refining communication from horseback. We're going to be discussing humanship and so much more in today's episode, so let's dive in. Ian, welcome to the We Horse Podcast. We're really excited to have you here. It's really nice to be here. So I'd love to go back to the very beginning. How did you get started with horses and what were your first few years like as a horse person? Yeah, that's a bit of a long story, really. But I always had a passion for horses as a child, but was never allowed one. And and so I had a few friends that had horses and um, I used to annoy them enough so I could ride their horses. <laughs> and didn't, didn't really know a lot. And then um, I moved to the city and discovered girls and motorbikes. Right. And that was the end. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't really pick up horses again. A friend took me for a horse trek when I was in my late 20s. And she said, oh, you could do this sort of thing on your farm. And the idea never went away. And about a year and a half later, without ever owning a horse, I bought a horse. or was given a horse with the idea of setting up this horse trekking business. And six months later, I had 10 horses and was open for business. Wow. Um, yeah, so I became a professional horseman, really, with taking the ownership of my first horse. So, um, and I definitely learned by doing. Um, yeah, so, um, and yeah, so that was, that was the very beginning. And then um, I, just, I was a farmer before that. And um, the idea of working with horses or working with people, I don't know what actually scared me more. Um it turned out the horses were the easy part. And, and um, so I successfully built that business up over the years and um, to the point where I was taking about three and a half thousand people riding per year. Yeah. Mm. But also right at the beginning of, of starting that business, I was introduced to a another way of being with horses. Um, it was. I went to a workshop run by an Australian horseman by the name of Merv Kildee, and Merv Kildee had spent some time in the USA with Tom Dorrance, and so I went to this workshop. It, well, it didn't really have a name. It was called Problem Horse Workshop, and um, this guy Merv Kildee turned our fire-breathing monster horses into little lambs in a very short space of time, which just totally blew me away, and. Um, I think I stood there for three days with my mouth open in wonder <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was wow. kind of that's that's over thirty years ago now. 
Do you wish you could have a better partnership with your horse, but aren't sure where to start? Do you want to advance your riding or horsemanship, but don't have access to the ideal resources in your area? Does the idea of learning about horse training whenever and wherever, and at a price that won't break your horse bank, sound appealing to you? Check out wehorse.com to access over 175 online courses with top trainers from around the world. We have courses on everything from dressage to groundwork to show jumping to bodywork. And as a member, you get access to everything in our WeHorse library to watch whenever you want. Oh, and we also have an app, which means you can download a course or video to watch without Wi-Fi, which is perfect for those days at the barn when you want a quick dose of training inspiration before your ride. So what are you waiting for? Go to wehorse.com and check out our free seven-day trial to access our WeHorse library and see if it's a good fit for you. We can't wait to see you in there. And now, back to the episode. Was that the big transition for you to realize there's another way with horses and started you on the journey to where you are today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I didn't really have a way with horses. I hadn't been through the system of learning. Um, I had I had a way with animals anyway. I was a farmer, had an affinity for cows and, and dogs and, and generally all animals and definitely had this childhood passion for horses reawakened um at that moment and you know over 30 years ago a different way of working with horses was way out in left field it was kind of I never talked to anybody about it I think everyone at the workshop didn't talk to anybody about it because the horse world would think we're a bit crazy mm-hmm. and um so I just sort of quietly moused along at home and and tried ideas out and um but probably the most valuable lesson I learned from that first workshop was that after the three days, Merv Kildee went back to Australia and we're left there with our horses. There's no books or videos or DVDs, no YouTube, um, no equipment. And and so the first lesson really was your horse is your teacher. Yeah. And and today I still consider myself a student of the horse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What led you to develop humanship? And let's talk all about that as well. Like, what is humanship, maybe, to start? Okay. okay. I can give you – it used to take hours to explain what humanship is, and I can do it in one sentence now, okay, thanks right. to a client. And that um, is that humanship helps us to become better humans for our horse. Yeah. So if we go back and how we got to that point um, – I I was taking all these people riding. I, t- I took something like 35,000 people riding over the years in the trekking. And I became really fascinated with how um, my horses built relationships with complete strangers. And, and um, it was like I could put 10 different people on one horse and it was like having 10 different horses. And even if those riders were experienced riders, it was still 10 different, like having 10 different horses. So I came up with an idea that maybe um, right, people rode or handled horses exactly how they lived their life. So having that idea was one thing, but I had no idea what to do with it. And um, it wasn't for a few years later that a friend of mine came to learn to ride with me and she's a a clinical psychologist and she's from Germany. And um, on about her third lesson, she said, Ian, 
this hasn't got anything to do with horses, what you're doing. It's more about me and my fear. And she said, write me a therapy program and I'll bring some clients out. And it was like, well, what do I know about therapy? I'm just a farmer. I'm a horse guy. And um, but it got me thinking about how I was bringing people into contact with horses and um, and and working that through. And so really, that was the beginning of the humanship idea. So the therapist friend did bring some children out, mainly children clients out, and we worked with the horses, not teaching, just allowing them to interact and um, help them to reflect on that interaction. And it was amazing the impact that the horses horses had on these kids, like life-changing impact. And um, yeah, so it was uh, really, really kind of, it was interesting. It's, um, and I, but it, the thing with the humanship, it's still evolving. I, I definitely don't know, I know it all. I don't understand it all. And um, yeah, so it just, it's just an ongoing evolution yeah. of that. Mm. <laughs> I think too, you made a point, a good point about how the horses change the children and, and how they can have us reflecting in, but there's also the aspect of the human changing the horses, like you had mentioned as well. And that can be a very um, difficult conversation to have with people. It's, it's hard for us to tell ourselves we have to do the inner work. How do you open up that conversation? Um, well, the horses do. It's it's basically if you can observe something really cleanly, without a judgment. Like the horses are really non-judgmental in the in the way they interact with the human, and they're just interacting with what's presented, the energy that's presented. And so, if we can follow up more with a question, so you facilitate a learning process in the human just as much as you do in the horse. You don't try and teach them anything, and just say, oh, what you know get the person to reflect oh what just happened then did you notice something and and see if they do and then just work through from that point you could have come alongside the person and not confront them there, there's a time to challenge for sure but um it's it's really about just finding that little um way inside yeah and and some people are a lot easier than others if i'm working with a with a Kiwi male, for example, we don't mention the F word, feelings. <laughs> and uh, so, but other people are really open to that. And some people are really looking for that difference. And and so, but it, it is a challenge and it's, I've never had any training in this sort of stuff. And um, it was, it came very intuitively. Like people were, I, when I first noticed that I had something happening, it's people were coming to visit me when I was trekking and I get into a panic because I think, Oh, I've forgotten a booking. And they say, Oh no, no, just calm down Ian. It's, 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 it's okay. We haven't booked. We just come out here to say, thank you. It's like, what for? Um, oh, you said something while we were out riding that had a really major impact on my life and it went around, went away and um, did something about that. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, there's an intuitive knowing. Yeah. So, and from that I've learned. Mm -hmm. You said something so beautiful and, and I just, I want to reflect it back is, is going along with the person and, and, and rather than pointing stuff out to them to say, well, 
you're doing this wrong or you're thinking this way or here's your mindset block or here's the story you're telling yourself. It's it's more so did you notice the change that just happened? And I and I love that because people are going to respond so differently to it versus if, you know, you just kind of come right up to them and and put something in front of them. Um we all have our walls and our blocks and I and I absolutely love that. I love the point that you made there. And it's like I've, I I get to watch a lot of writing teachers teaching and they just don't shut up. <laughs> They're talking, talking, talking the whole time. And it's by the time, A, by the time they've said, told you what to do, you've missed the moment anyway. And you're try- so focused on trying to feel what's going on that you come into a different mode where you're having to listen and speak and which just takes you out of the feeling. Yeah. And as being horses are is a feeling activity it's not a thinking one you have to have a plan sure but at the end of the day the interaction is through feel Mm -hmm. and it's 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 much better to allow a process to come along and 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 help the person to reflect on that did you notice that what could you do differently Mm. you know and allow it's i think if you there's such a big difference between helping someone to learn and teaching someone. So if you teach someone, you, the unsaid message is be like me. If you help someone to learn, you encourage people to be themselves. And everybody's different in the way they learn, in the way they interact. Um, but it all leads in, into the, the path the person has to find it. And it's the same with the horse. You know, you can train a horse till you're blue in the face and it may or may not repeat what you've taught it to do but if you help the horse to learn it becomes its property and it it expresses that learning all the time and it's just a process and and we can't force it on there and um you know everybody learns different every horse learns differently some are quick some are not so quick and so to allow the process where we tend to be as human beings a little bit too goal focused and a little bit less process oriented. But horses are phenomenal at learning from their experience. They, you know, if you look at a foal being born, you know, within the first hour of its life, it's learned how to do three things that in any one of those things that it doesn't learn how to do it, it will die. You know, how to stand up, how to move, and how to find the milk. And so there's no instruction manual. There's no one to teach it. Its mother's there to support it. It's got the instincts, if you like, to drive it. But it has to do it all by itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you see enough foals born, you realize that everyone has develops its own style of getting up onto its legs for the first time. Yeah, I I, I love that so much. Um, there's I, I want to also read a line that's from your website it's from the um the what is humanship section of the website mm-hmm. it says there is no difference between a thought in our head and an action in the horse's feet it's all connected it's all energy i love that so much so can you explain more about it well everything's energy really you know a thought is just a little electrical impulse in our brain it's no different to a horse's thought it's a little electrical impulse so it's like what if i take the horse out of the equation there's you know i have a thought in my head 
and it transmits or comes into action through my feet, if you like, in, in the way of movement. Yeah, I there is a communication that goes on in that. Don't ask me to explain that. I had a doctor explain it to me once, and I still were none the wiser at the end. So, but and the same process happens within the horse. So, if it's all energy, it all must connect. So, what I want to do is to connect that thought in my brain to my horse's feet, to my horse's body, so that we become one, if you like. It's not um, me sitting on top of a horse, and it's not a horse underneath a human. There's a beautiful Japanese proverb that I heard, and it's neither a horse beneath the saddle nor a human above. Mm. And so it, you, come, you come into a new, become a new entity when you're connected fully in that way. And I think most people with that have ridden even just a little bit can have, have had those moments where they just thought what they wanted to do and the horse is doing it. And, um, yeah, and, that, and that's what it is. How do we um, take that and expand it so that it becomes, you know, those moments that you experience that become a bit longer and the gaps between those moments become a bit shorter so you really start to live it. It's I, I don't I'm not there all the time, especially when I'm teaching. It's I have those moments from time to time. So I'm on exactly the same journey. And it's the best feeling in the world. So it's what humanship is, is really helping people to become aware of themselves and how to build that process and the little parts that block that process. And, and those little parts that block the process are built around our fear. And, and so when we're in our fear, and even if, if we're not present, we're not in that moment, we're in fear. We're either in front or behind the moment and that means we're in our fear and so the energy stops flowing we have a blockage in the energy through that so we can't it's impossible to transmit that thought to our horse's feet i love it i absolutely absolutely love it if someone was brand new to this and let's say they they had no idea where to get started for themselves for their horses what would you recommend um they get started with for their journey Sitting down and watching horses interact. You can learn so much about that. And it's, it's, it's become, it's kind of something a little bit different that most people look at a herd of horses and say, oh, yeah, that's the lead gelding and that's the lead mare and this is the order, the hierarchy. And what we've discovered over the years is that, and we have a herd here with, 20 plus horses in it and some of the horses have been together for over 20 years and the herd is very very stable there's lots of brothers sisters half brothers half sisters and um there is what we found is, is there's no real hierarchy in different situations different horses come to the lead so so the the different horses have have roles um within the herd and and all of those roles lead to the survival of the herd into the future um so when you often we look at a herd of horses through our human filter which is 
based around hierarchy, opposition, competition, all of those things. And all we see is a hierarchy in, in the herd itself. But um, but a lot of herds, they've, you know, they have the different horses have never been socialized correctly. They haven't got enough space or enough food, um, which creates dominant behavior or can create dominant behavior. But, um, you know, the horses in this herd here, um, they might, it's more a discussion about who wants to eat with who, not who gets all the food. Yeah. So who wants to dine at the same table? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and the horses go, oh, yeah, I just go over here then. There's no big fuss and bother about that. There's no food yeah. scarcity. No. And what's really interesting is that I brought a horse in, or we brought a horse in many years ago, and he was very food aggressive. And he used to attack all the other horses and protect all the hay stations that are all his. And after a few days, the basically the herd stood back and let let him have his little rant and a rave about all the food being his. And when he was eating, they went and ate beside him. He was the one that was using wasting all the energy and not eating. And the other horses were just standing there just waiting for a few minutes and then it all goes. But the herd trained him. He's still a little bit has a little bit puts his ears back. He doesn't attack anymore, but um, it's you can still see the emotional scar that he has from that. Yeah, but the the the, the dominant behaviour generally has has a reason. It doesn't come if a horse is brought up in a herd or foal is brought up in a herd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. What about suggestions for the humans, like directly themselves? So, if somebody um, wanted to be able to be more aware of their body language um, or their mindset, um, you know, rather than having no idea where their body is, what they're doing, how their stance is, what their energy is like, or letting their mind trail off, you know, what would you kind of recommend for that? It's, it's, oh, there's lots and lots of ways. It's about, it's again, it's about being present and being aware. So um, it's funny, like, I, I never had a writing lesson until I was in my middle 40s, a writing lesson with a human being. And and when I got my first horse, I, I read a book, the Pony, New Zealand Pony Club Manual. And that's how I learned to ride. And I just kind of had a look at, oh, yeah, your feet are supposed to be here, your hands are here, you sit this way, and da, 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 da. And so then I wrote. And I realized that I couldn't focus on everything all at once. And so I'd get on the horse and write, okay, today I'm going to focus on what my hands are doing. And everything else just went to the pack and I just focused on my hands. The next step might be how I was sitting or where my legs were or things like that. And then over time, I just keep repeating through that. I could bring into two things in at a time. Okay, I'll focus on my feet and my hands today and, and then how I sit and until it all came together. So it was a really conscious effort of awareness of self-awareness and so we can do that it's like okay well, let's focus on what my left hand's doing you know and 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 build it that way because most of us are not aware of our body when we're, we're particularly when we get into our fear mm-hmm. yeah, so we might be looking looking in one direction we're looking at the low branch that we don't want the horse to go under and then turning the horse out to the right for example you know where's the horse going to go exactly where you're looking low, yeah. <laughs> under, under the low branch 
And but we can't help it. We kind of we focus on where we don't want to go often rather than where we do want to go. Or we focus on what we don't want the horse to do rather than what we do want the horse to mm-hmm. do. And a lot of people I find do that in life too. They know what they don't want, but they really mm. don't know what they want. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's we really have to look inside and 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 build that conscious awareness of ourselves. I'm such a geek on this stuff. I hate using the word geek, but I can't think of any other word that describes it other than I could just talk about this and ask these questions all day long. Um, it's it's so fascinating to me. Do you have a personal experience, whether it's with one of your horses or with a client that you were able to witness that stands out to you from this work that you can share with us? Oh, there, there are so many. Um Oh, just having to think about that. Um, oh. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you with one of the one of the first children that I worked with with that therapist. It was it was a th- more a therapy session, and I asked him. I said, "I right, get your pony and lead it up to the round pen. It's about two hundred meters, I suppose, to the round pen." And so um, he sets off, and the therapist wanted to follow, and I held her back and I said, "Just wait here," and. He went about 20 meters and then the pony turned around and brought him back. Then he turned the pony around and then the pony turned him around. It went on for 40 minutes. We allowed that process and we kind of came out, the session came to an end. We called him over. And um, before the therapist or I could say anything, um, he said, you know, I can be a good leader, but I'm just so easily led. (laughs) What a smart thing for a child to say. Yeah, I know. He was about 10, I suppose, and um, it was very profound. And um, so we just asked him how that worked for him, you know, at home with his parents and family, at school with his teachers and his friends. And he said something. I can't recall what he said. And then off he went. Two weeks later, he came back for his next session. I said, right, we start where we left off. Grab your pony and head up to the round pen. And he took the pony straight up to the round pen. So a process happened. Um, that was really clean of the therapist or my fingerprints. It was, it was, he did his homework, if you like. There was something happened inside him that made that change. Um, in, oh, I'm just trying to think of, of um, a really profound one in, in the writing sense. Um, Oh, there was a client many years ago in Germany that her horse was always running her leg around the wall in the riding hall. And But in listening to her talking and everything, she was always talking about what she didn't want or what the horse had done wrong. And she never really had much to say about what the horse did nicely. Yeah, so most people focus on the problem, which is probably 1% of the horse behavior. And they forget about the 99% that works well. Anyway, I worked it through and said, okay, now focus on where you want to go. Leave the wall out of your equation. And immediately the horse came off the wall. Anyway, she's telling me um, about a year later, she said, oh, you know, the horse hasn't taken me against the wall for, for the last year. And one day I, I, I did a little experiment. I changed my thinking to keep away from the wall and bang her leg was hard against the wall again so it can be as simple as a thought that creates the difference the process is a little bit like watching paint dry it's not so 
obvious and other times it's just totally profound. That is that is an absolutely perfect place I for us to wrap up. Um, I I think that is such a smart, like you said, profound um, thought to leave us with. That essentially our thoughts become our reality, and they become our horses' reality. And there's there's a, a quote on your site as well. I, um, I'm going to link it into the uh, the title here. We need to be the change we want to see in our horse. And exactly. I just, I just love it. Do you have a motto or favorite saying? Get to the point where you know, your horse knows that you know. It's not my saying. It's, it's someone, someone else's expression, but I really, really like it. It sums it all up. That's when you know. Yeah. Who has been the most influential person in your equestrian journey? There's been quite a few influential people, and but one of the, the most influential was an organic gardener friend, was the, the husband of my cousin. And we had a conversation about energy. And and after that conversation, I didn't sleep for two or three days because, or two or three nights, because I just couldn't get rid of this idea of energy and how it affected everything. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so one of my best horsemanship lessons came from an organic gardener. I had another good lesson from a professional golfer once over a coffee. You know, it's like where where does the the human body end and the horse begin? Yeah, and then where does the horse end and and the land and the environment begin? So it's about becoming one. Yeah. So, and then Merv Kildy was a, was the starting point too. So I have a lot to thank him for um, to bring me into this journey if you could give equestrians one piece of advice what would it be focus on what you want to happen and enter a process to create it please complete this sentence for me horses are that's a really good question there's so many things so many words i can complete that with it's teacher you had said earlier and i absolutely loved it it was um you said the first um, lesson, riding lesson I ever had, and then you corrected yourself and you said the first riding lesson I ever had with a human, as if to say, because you've had many riding lessons from horses. And I I just loved it. Yeah. Ian, we're going to link your website in our show notes, but is there anywhere else that people can find you and connect with you? Um, that's about it, really. I'm not really on Facebook much these days. Um, yeah, my ex-wife Anka, she's um holds up the the business in Germany. So um there's a lot of contact with her through the I think there's a humanship.de as well works. Okay. Um, we can link to that. We have yeah. mainly English listeners, so we'll put the New Zealand uh link on the the show notes. Yeah, yeah. And and that website is so out of date that um I never really have time or the inclination or the technological ability to make too many changes to it so it's um it the whole philosophy is it's there but it's it's developed a lot over the over the years too and um it's it's interesting my daughter her friends often asked her what what does your dad do and she thought about it for a minute and she said you just got to be there <laughs> And and really, that's what it is. Humanship is an experience. 
experience as interaction forces. So it's it's just a process, a journey. And the journey is the goal. Well, you've given us lots on this podcast interview to to think about and digest and and all of the things. Um there were so many golden moments in this. As we were going through, I was thinking, oh, that's a quote we're going to have to pull. Oh, that's a quote we're going to have to pull. Uh, there was just so many things in this. So thank you so much, Ian, for your time and for sharing your wisdom with us. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Danielle. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Equestrian Connection podcast by We Horse. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a rating and review, as well as share us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at wehorse underscore USA and check out our free seven-day trial on wehorse.com, where you can access over 175 courses with top trainers from around the world in a variety of topics and disciplines. Until next time, be kind to yourself, your horses, and others.